Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. We are talking about everything aesthetics, and this isn't just for injectors. This is for the consumer as well, especially this episode. Now, it is still for injectors too, but consumers, this is something that I think everybody should listen to because we are all guilty of saying this phrase but you don't need it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is a situation where your friend, a family member, a coworker, whoever comes up to you and they're so excited. They're like, guess what? I'm going to get Botox for the first time. And you hit them with the, but you don't need it. I... I get this all the time. And I think it's because I'm in this industry. So I do a lot of things to my face. Um, But I'm also the self-proclaimed like natural beauty driven injector as well. So while I do a lot to my face, I'm doing a lot of like regenerative. Look at me trying to justify things already. But I try to do a lot of regenerative things because I do feel like there, there is a lot of bad work out there. And I think part of the reason that people still don't like to talk about the work that they do is because this is still a taboo thing. But, you know, I talk to people about things that I do and or I'll just show up to work and I have a bruise on my face from something that I've, you know, self-inflicted in my office and I get it. But you don't need to do threads, but you don't need to pull anything back, but you already look beautiful. And and I while I appreciate that, what I don't appreciate is how come there are so many people around us that judge what we decide to do with our own body. And I'm not going to get into that too deep because we are not going to be political. That is not what we are going to do. But for such a like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, guys, but for such a like choice movement, people have a lot to say about what others decide on their own free will to do with their bodies or their faces in the aesthetic industry. So it's just, it's a confusing time for that. So I do think that people still feel that aesthetic treatments, injections are still kind of taboo and, and definitely in certain demographics. Like I have plenty of female clients that don't tell their husbands (laughs) that they get treatments done. Sorry, husbands, but we have all kinds of excuses to tell you Instead of telling you what we're actually doing, we may tell you that we're about to go get a facial, but really we're about to get, you know, our Botox done. Because most of the time, I'm sorry to say, but most of the time guys do not notice your Botox injections. They don't. And it's okay. Like, that's fine. I do not condone lying to your spouse. That is not what we're here to do. I'm just telling you what I see every day in my work environment, and that is that there are a lot of there are a lot of lies happening. So you may think that your wife is getting a facial and I'm not outing anybody. Proceed with what you're doing if it works. But I'm just saying that she, more than likely, if she's telling you she's getting a facial and her lips come back swollen, that is not a facial. Okay. <laughs> she got a lip filler. She's probably going to get it again. And, you know, if she comes back... I'm not even going to go further. I don't want to give away the trade secrets here, ladies. I'm sorry to share the tea here with the husbands. Are husbands even listening to this? We don't know. So maybe I'm not outing you guys. But just know that, like, women 
a lot of women don't tell their spouses that they're getting any treatments done. And I get it. Like, it's endearing. It's because the guy's like, but honey, you don't need those things. And or they'll say, like, I don't want you to come back looking like somebody that you're not. Like, I fell in love with with this. I don't want you to look like that. And by that, guys think that women are going to come out looking like Joan Rivers when they come in to see me. That's not the case. But the unfortunate truth is that we're going to notice bad work over good work. We're going to notice the bad work. And that's going to instill fear in us that we're going to look the same if we get treatments done. When in actuality, a lot of people get treatments done and it looks natural, but we don't notice good work. You shouldn't. You shouldn't notice good work. So, you know, while it's endearing, that also contributes to the problem. So husbands, what you should do to support your woman if she decides she wants to go get treatments is to help her in the research phase of finding a provider that also does not look like Joan Rivers. Injectors, let's be real, it's a slippery slope for us. We have a lot of us suffer from aesthetic industry-induced body dysmorphia, and that means that we are hypercritical of what we see in the mirror as we get older as well. And we tend to chase lines a little bit more aggressively than others because we have access to the golden toolbox that is our fillers and Botox. So naturally, we're going to use the tools that we have like we do on our patients. The downside to that is you don't want to get too high on your own supply. And if you do, it's a slippery slope and it's one more syringe until you may look overfilled yourself. And so when you look overfilled as an injector, all of a sudden that look becomes normalized and you chase that look and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Your face gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more uncomfortable looking. And unfortunately, when that happens, what tends to happen is your clients will also at some point begin to look the same. Husbands, rightfully so, do not want their wives to look like that. So keep that in mind. Injectors, whenever you're injecting yourselves or you have other people that are injecting you like you should be doing, um, that it's a slippery slope and you should have accountability people to tell you whenever it's getting close to like, hey, I wouldn't personally put more filler in your face because it's starting to look a little overfilled. That's different than saying, but you don't need it. But anyway, circling back, husbands, help your wives find an injector that says that she practices natural beauty-driven injections and also looks the part because, like we know, words are cheap. Actions speak louder than words. There's a reason why we say that. So make sure that they look that way as well because, you know, there is a place for aesthetic treatments. There is a way to do them strategically and still look natural. So that's one of the things that we hear a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm going to change names, but this is real world things that I hear. Um, Michelle. Michelle judges people for getting work done. So Michelle's friend Lisa doesn't tell her that she gets Botox because she doesn't want Michelle to judge her. That's another thing. Michelle, stop judging people for getting Botox. You probably get it too. If you don't have a wrinkle on your face and you're in your 40s and 50s, you get Botox. Like, let's be real. And if you don't, 
<sighs> if you don't, like, how does it feel to be God's favorite? But if you do, don't tell people that you use olive oil and brush it on your face and that's why you don't have wrinkles. That is so rude. Don't do that. Another thing, Brenda looks amazing, but Kelly won't ask her what she had done because she doesn't want to offend her. Now, I get this. This is, It could be offensive. This is like asking the girl if she's pregnant, and then she's like, I'm not pregnant. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm deceased now. Like, obviously, that's a similar thing. Like, you don't want to be like, oh, my God, you you look amazing. What work have you had done? And she's like, I didn't get work done. And maybe she legitimately did it, even though I'm sure she did. But let's say she didn't. She might be a little offended. Maybe not so much as the other situation, but she could be offended. So for that, you know, all I'm saying is, like, let's talk about it more. If, if you're Brenda and you look amazing, don't be afraid to tag your injector. We like getting credit for that. And don't be afraid to talk about it with your friends. Like, these treatments should not be controversial or taboo. This is like, in my opinion, when you get injectables, or any kind of other aesthetic treatment, you, this is aging gracefully, in my opinion. Because if you think about it, you're going to age. Going back to the husband, if you tell me, I don't want my wife to look different, this is who I fell in love with, if you don't do anything about aging, she's going to look different. And you're going to look different too. You guys are aging. You're going to look different in 10, 20 years than you do today. If you do something about it, it's the same thing as going to the gym and upkeeping your, your muscular physical appearance there. That's what we're doing. This is like the face gym, but we're injecting things. And so, so I don't even know if that makes sense, but it sounded really good in my mind. Um, in my opinion, doing interventions, as long as it's done in a healthy way, is aging gracefully and not doing anything about it. I don't think is considered aging gracefully. Come at me, if you will. I will challenge you with that. We can have a duel off in my comment section. Let's go. Um, the other situation, Becky wants to get Botox, but when she told her friend she didn't need it. Wait. <laughs> when she told her friend, punctuation's important, you guys, dot, 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 her friend said she didn't need it. So that goes back to what we're talking about, right? Like all of these situations can influence how we maneuver our own decisions on what we do to our own face and when we decide to do it. So this episode, I really want to put focus on that statement of, but you don't need it. I love when people say that, but I also like to stir the pot. You know, like, I don't like chaos and I don't like conflict. But if somebody were to challenge me with that, I'm not going to, you know, just say something in an effort to not talk about it. I want to talk about this stuff. So here's what I have to say about it. Aesthetic treatments are not just to treat symptoms of aging. You're, we're not just treating the symptoms. You're not coming in and saying, look at this line. I want to treat this line. Aesthetic treatments are extremely useful in actually preventing the symptoms or really just helping to maintain somebody's appearance. So when I say that, what I'm saying is maybe they don't appear to need it because they're doing treatments. So 
I don't know. Maybe it's something to consider whenever you're thinking about saying you don't need it. Like it could be endearing. Like I'm saying it because you're very beautiful. That's great. You're very beautiful. But again, it could be because they're actually doing treatments. And so they're just maintaining. Like, I just want you to consider that. Maybe somebody doesn't look like they need it because they're doing it. I know I said that five times, but I really feel like that's important. So I don't know. Let's talk about the most popular non-surgical aesthetic treatment, Botox. Everybody gets Botox. Botox is my favorite drug, by the way. Like it is, it is the gateway drug to other things in the aesthetic industry. And, and that's totally fine as long as it's healthy and it's in moderation, just like all drugs, right? So most people may not know this. Some people do. Injectors definitely know this. Consumers may not know this. But did you know that Botox works better as a preventative than it does a treatment? Let me say that again. It works better as a preventative than it does a treatment. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to inject a 16-year-old. Well, I'm not going to inject a 16-year-old anyways. But that doesn't mean I'm going to inject an 18-year-old with Botox. They still have plenty of collagen. I would tell them to GTFO, enjoy your collagen, go get a facial, go home. But if you are a 26-year-old, and let me go back. I'm not condoning a 20-year-old coming in. I appreciate a 20-year-old coming in and saying, what should I be doing now at this age? And what can we plan on in the future? I love that. I love that. You're planning ahead. Better than I was at 20. Let's do that. Um, But if you're a 26-year-old and let's say you have fair skin, you're already showing signs of premature aging, maybe your mom has prominent wrinkles on her forehead and like in between her brows, then yes, I will absolutely agree to consistent use of Botox to prevent those wrinkles as you get older Um, and just, yeah, prevent the wrinkles because you probably don't have any. But if you do at 26, then more than likely we can get those to go away because we're starting at an earlier age. We're staying consistent with it. Like I really feel like the days of waiting until you see a deep set wrinkle before going getting Botox are gone. Um, and as aesthetic providers, we should be trained to understand the physiology of aging. Like we should understand that. If we don't, then we should definitely make sure that we go back and learn that because we should know it like the back of our hand. And, you know, knowing that and understanding that as an injector is crucial because then we can treat symptoms before they even present. And that's the point. In my opinion, that is the point. So the takeaway for the client or the patient is to forget that magical age that you have in your mind for when to start treatments. Specifically, I don't know why it's 40, but 40 is what I always hear. Like, no, I'm waiting till I'm 40. Or like, I'll get the 40-year-olds that like, yeah, I was waiting till I'm 40. And yes, like 40 works for some people as a starting point for treatments. If you've been good about your skincare hygiene, you're living a healthy lifestyle, you have good genes. Again, must be nice to be God's favorite. But for most of us that haven't won that lot- the lottery, 40 could be too late. And when I say too late, that doesn't mean I'm not going to treat you. Like we can improve deep set lines most of the time, but more than likely they're not going to go away. At least not without like major resurfacing treatments along with your regularly scheduled Botox appointments. And 
to th- to like let that set in stone. Think about holding a piece of paper and you fold that piece of paper and then you fold it again and you fold it again and then you undo the folded paper and you lay it flat. It's still going to have those lines set in. It's very similar to the face. As we lose collagen, that's the bounce back. That's the the smoothness, the youth of the skin that we lose. We lose collagen at a rapid rate. It's really rude. And then at some point, we produce collagenase, which it, it attacks the collagen. So not only are we losing collagen, but we're also being attacked, much like everything else in life. We're being attacked at all angles. So um, once those lines are set in and we're losing collagen, it's really difficult to get those lines to go away. And that's a tough conversation to have for somebody in your chair. And most of the time, like nine times out of 10, after I inject somebody with Botox for the first time, the first statement is, wow, that was not bad at all. I wish I would have done this earlier. So in this day of age, we have lots of avenues of technology, including this podcast. If you hear this and you're kind of on the cusp, like, no, I urge you to really think about that because you too can prevent aging on your face if you don't have any deep set lines yet and you're not 40 yet. Um, So yeah, so when should you come see me or your aesthetic injector or whoever you're thinking about seeing for aesthetic treatments? The, The answer is whenever you're ready to figure out what plan works for you. Everybody's different and a good provider is going to see you at any stage of life so that they can plan what to do now and then what to do long term. So ideally, ideally, come see us before you have the first wrinkle because it's so much easier to keep you there versus trying to backtrack and erase damage that has already taken place after years and years and years of repetitive muscle movement. So that's my thoughts on that now controversy of the decade because again we know that I like to stir the pot I want to talk about the same thing but on a surgical side because this is this is relating to myself I want to challenge people to think about surgical interventions in the same light I don't feel like we need to wait until we don't feel like we look like ourselves anymore before having a facelift. And a lot of physicians would disagree with that statement because there's a very traditional way of thinking that you have to be, you know, 65 to have a facelift. But I don't feel like we should do that. Why should we have to wait until we are looking in the mirror not recognizing ourselves, feeling bad about the way we're presenting ourselves to the world. I know that this is this is a hard topic because, you know, people struggle with like, is this vain? Is it vain to do this? And I think if you're making healthy choices for yourself out of a, a good, healthy spot, I don't think that you're being vain. There's research that backs that if we feel like we are more physically attractive, then we radiate differently. We appear happier. People approach us differently. People receive us differently whenever we radiate that. Confidence, confidence, confidence is attractive. Inner beauty is attractive. 
and inner beauty can, I don't know, grow from the things that we do on the outside. That's why we do our hair every morning. That's why we may put on makeup. That's why we put on the outfit. That's why we buy the shoes because we know that we feel more confident in those things. And when we feel more confident, we come off as more attractive. So I feel the same way about surgical things. Again, this is a, this is a sticky subject, but I feel like there are ways to maintain things and in a surgical way so that you're doing less aggressive treatments, maybe a little bit more frequently, but you're yielding more subtle results and appearing more natural. For example, there are catchphrases out there called like a baby facelift or a pinch lift or a um, there's endoscopic micro facelifts. There's more out there. Um, you know, I think that they all kind of sum up to be the same thing, which is women that are in their late 30s and early 40s that are getting micro facelifts. And you'll look at these before pictures and I see the comments. And it's so many people that are like, she didn't need to do anything. Why did she do that? She was already beautiful before. And I respect that. I really do. I think the internet is a great place um, for for these comments because it does provide a learning opportunity. But I also think it's a horrible, ugly place where people judge. And it and it definitely is. It's nasty out there. So I want to urge people also, like, be kind. Be kind. Kindness is free. We all, you know, are capable of making decisions for ourselves and without the judgment of others. Um, so think about that. But um, but you see these before and afters and the before, you know, they look beautiful and the after may be like a very subtle change. But that's what we want. That is that's what we want. We want subtlety. We want maintenance. I don't want somebody to look at me and see an after and be like, holy shit, what would you do to your face? I want somebody to look at me and be like, wow, you look like you got sleep. Or you look like you went on vacation and you had some beauty rest. Like, I want people to be like, what's your secret? Not, holy shit, <laughs> what did you do? And in that manner, too, like, you got to put the twang in. Like, holy shit, what happened to your face? I don't want to look like I went through battle and now I look like I'm 20, 30 years younger. I want to look like I'm, like, you know, in that golden, like, you look good for your age. But also, I don't know if that's offensive or not. Like anytime ever anybody's ever been like, oh my God, you're 36. I don't know if I should be like, thank you or F you. And I try not to cuss. Like last season, there was a lot of cussing. This is, I'm more grown now. So we're just going to be like, thank you. Or um, I don't know. What's a better, nicer way of saying F you? I don't think there's an alternative. Sometimes you do need the F in life. But anyways, I'm backtracking. The reason why I bring this up is because I had a consultation with a plastic surgeon whom I have followed for a couple years now who specializes in facial plastic surgery and specifically does a lot of facelifts for women in their late 30s and early 40s. And when you look at his page... It's beautiful. He he does do, you know, major faceless for ladies that are, um, you know, more wiser in their years. 
but um, but he does a lot of late 30s and early 40s. And so I booked a consultation literally last year because he was so booked out, which is a good sign, you guys. If you have, even in your injector, if you try to book an appointment and they're booked up for a while, that is not a sign for you to call other places and try to get in sooner because somebody that's wide open may not be a good sign. Do your research. However, when they're booked out, that's a good thing. So I booked an appointment last year, November of 2021. I forgot what year it was for a second. And my consultation was November of 2022. And I paid my deposit and I waited. And I was like, you know, we're Americans. We like instant gratification. So I mean, I was diligent about like, did you have any cancellations? Can I come in sooner? No. People keep their appointments with him. Um, so I waited a whole year. My consultation was recently and we talked about everything that I just discussed, how I, for myself, desire to maintain, you know, and I'm realistic. I know I'm going to age, but I want to try to maintain and, you know, have the best possible version of myself at the age that I am possible. And with that being said, I understand that you can do too much filler and it begins to age you if you do and I'm mindful about that not just for myself but also for my clients if you are a client of mine you've heard me say filler is important however too much filler is a bad thing not much filler is a waste of time so the right amount of filler is very important so I will place it strategically in certain areas but at some point when our skin becomes lax and our fat pads begin to shift and we begin to lose bone density, you can't correct all of that with filler. And so we do have other non-surgical things for skin tightening, such as thread lifts, which are great. But you can also do that in combination with surgical procedures. And when they're done in a more conservative fashion, for the younger ladies that are deciding to do it, it yields beautiful results that are very subtle. And again, it does not take away the need to do filler. It does not take away the need to do Botox. It does not take away the need to do thread lifts. Thread lifts are great at maintaining the results of a facelift. They don't replace them ever, but they're great at maintaining. Um, so on that, I will be undergoing this procedure in a few months, like spring break. And as you all have probably guessed, I'm going to document all of this and I will share it on the podcast. I will share it on my Instagram. If you're not following me, make sure you follow at injector underscore Heather. I anticipate a lot of criticism. I anticipate a lot of blessings and encouragement, but I anticipate a lot of criticism because when change happens, when people do things outside what is normally accepted, it creates controversy and people, for whatever reason, like to criticize what's different or what doesn't seem normal. So I, I was super excited to bring up this topic because I'm personally going to go through it. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, the physician that I'm seeing is Dr. Mascaro. His Instagram is dr. 
M-A-S-C-A-R-O, like mascara, but with an O at the end. And I am sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly, but that is who I'm going to see. So definitely like look up his page, follow him, see what he does, because he really is amazing at what he does. And he really, truly does uh, believe in a conservative approach. And so the plan then is to do these little tune-ups every like 10 years or so. And, um, and it prevents the need to ever do like a major facelift. So I like that. I like subtle and I like natural and I like, um, you know, presenting myself and I like talking about it. Let me go back. I didn't finish that sentence. I like presenting myself, um, well in the industry that I specialize in, which is aesthetic treatments. Um, but I do think that I separate myself out because I'm really big on making sure that our inner health and our hearts are healthy as well because this is a sticky industry and it is it is easy to get it out of control or do it from an unhealthy place. So uh, I just want my followers to know that I'm, I've made this decision very consciously and I've had plenty of time to make it because I had a long wait before I got to the consultation. Um, but I'm, it's coming from a healthy place and I'm looking forward to sharing that journey with you guys. So that's that. I can't wait to hear the feedback. I was so excited to share that. So, um, so just to wrap it, wrap everything up for this episode. Um, if you have a friend that's telling you they're going to get treatments rather than saying they don't need it, ask questions. What are you getting? Who are you going to? What's your goal? Why are you doing this? Not in a bad way. Not like, why would you do that? But like, what made you come to this decision? Take some time to learn about things that you don't understand because you're going to end up with a lot more knowledge and there's nothing wrong with learning something new, right? So that's why we have this podcast. Anyway, we are continuing the aesthetic series. I don't really know what we're going to talk about next week. I have a couple of things that I want to, I want to, coin off from this, but, uh, but we will continue on our aesthetic series. And I hope that this is fruitful for you guys as much as it is for me. I really enjoy doing this. I hope you enjoy listening to it just as much as I enjoy doing it. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week on another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. Make sure you leave a review. Let me know how you like the show and I will see you guys next week. Bye.